Welcome into Jets Nation Radio. I'm Angus Hout, joined by Ray and Sam, as always. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. Better now that the Jets finally won a game. Right. Also, before we get into uh, how we're really feeling, uh, we be sure to check out Betway to check out the latest Jets game day odds and bet on the NHL. Be sure to uh, like and subscribe and tell all your friends and family about this podcast. All right. Yeah. Jets. That was a... It was a weird week. That was very night and day. Uh, yeah. We went from running Mark Shifley out of town to almost building him a statue. I don't know if we're back to building him a statue <laughs> yet, but the Jets hit rock bottom this week. Yes. And there's no question about it. You, I mean, you lose to a team like the San Jose Sharks, but like 3 nothing. Second t- game they've won in 16, and both were against the Jets. That's rock bottom for a team trying to claw into a playoff spot and getting shut out by them. And like James Reimer, I don't know what kind of vendetta he has against the city of Winnipeg, but my goodness, it is, it is rich. Well, he's from Southern Manitoba. So he's from, that's not Southern Manitoba. Do you not insult the, that he's from, um, uh, Minado- nope, not Minnedosa. <laughs> That's the wrong place. <laughs> uh, somebody's listening to this podcast and just screaming out the answer. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's just Arbor. Ar- he's no, there's another town that's just north of Arburg. It's a little village of like 40 people. Morwina. Morwina. Thank oh. you. I knew it started with an M. <laughs> oh. Either way, I've played hockey with the boys out there. And yeah, you can't disrespect them and say they're from Southern Man. Okay, he's from the Interlake, which yeah. might be worse. Whoa, settle down on the <laughs> hatred of the Interlake. That is a very special place, and not everyone's a redneck hick out there. I do like to blow things up, and it's a ton of fun. You're just missing out, Samuel. You missed I live in Tuxedo or Linden Ridge or something like that. Hey, my family's from Riverton. Oh, so. yeah, we've talked about this. Beauty of a town. Yeah. Um, Ray, if you're ever in Manitoba, yeah. I'll take you to God's country in Riverton one of these days. <laughs> beat all the Icelanders. Oh, buddy, they're rich. I love them out there. Um, but going back to Mark Shifley, uh, or not Mark Shifley, just the Jets, like three nothing to the Sharks, and I mean, like we were like you could blame pretty much everyone, but Nick Ehlers in the top six for not showing up that game. Well, I don't yeah. even know if you can count Nick Ehlers as being in the top six that game for yeah, whatever so reason. He got like 12 minutes. He had yeah. six minutes. He had like, I remember he had like seven minutes through the first two periods. And it was just like, why is he only getting the same amount of time less than like Adam Lowry? It's less so, than Kevin Stenland. It's so Kevin Stenland sure can the go first win face offs. Yeah, that, that was Rick Bonus's excuse was like, oh, well, we need Stenny out there so he can go win face-offs, but he only won like well, 55%. You, you get your centers to figure out how to take a face-off then. Yeah, Work right. on that. Yeah, like Nick Ehlers brings so much to the ice and just not out there enough. And yeah, to- yeah, unimpressed. Yeah, and, to say the least. Yeah, and I mean, like, you can't even, like, you can't shame Blake Wheeler for getting slow and old, like older and slower, but man, the guy does not need to be in your top six anymore. He absolutely does not. And that's, I don't even think you can blame Wheeler for that. Like, it's not no. like it's his job to be like, hey, Bones, stop putting me out there. Yeah. The coaches yeah. need to figure that out. Yeah. I feel like Although, Wheeler, like, yeah, you go, you go. New look top six. That, oh, that was deadly. 
looking pretty good him uh with the two quick guys there in the Mestikov and Ehlers yeah and like but it worked out because he's he's such a good passer so I mean like if it works out that you know the Ehlers and Wheelers Ehlers and Wheels combo can work out again because like that occasionally does like like work really well it just when it dries up it dries up and goes real cold absolutely but Nemestikov like who doesn't love that guy at this point yeah I feel like Nemestikov was like a kind of like a perfect kind of like conjoiner of Ehlers and Wheeler because he's going to be a guy that just kind of just does whatever he can and kind of grinds it out like we saw it in the Detroit game where like he was recovering pucks and like stealing them in the offensive zone. So I feel like he was really someone to kind of like connect the two where maybe Ehlers and Wheeler aren't perfect fits for each other, but with Nemestikov, it really like kind of like the three of them together really works. He's the and center he's like, of your he's Oreo. Not, yeah, he's not the most skilled guy on the planet, but Bones was even talking about it himself, just saying how smart of a player Nemestikov is. Guys love playing with him because of that. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hopefully it works. Um, I'm shocked seeing the Jets this year that something worked and they're not changing it right away and going with something else the next game. But Don't uh, jinx it. looking, looking like those will be the lines again tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I also, or yes, I last also night, where, how, whenever you're listening. Yeah. I also liked how Shifley wasn't needed to be the center in that game, too, because I feel like it really kind of let him kind of do the best he can where he doesn't have to worry about always being like the first man back or being fully responsible on defense where I feel like that really showed in kind of everyone's performance where like these people that had a lot of responsibility on them kind of getting eased off and like seeing him on the wing was like kind of like a blessing in disguise for him where he can kind of just be what he needs to be instead of kind of trying to be more than he is. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I didn't get like I just I didn't get a chance to watch the game live, so just caught the highlights. But I mean, it seems like those guys are playing well together, and and it's not like they've had a ton of time. So hopefully that continues to they continue to build off of each other and uh, start to uh, get the boys rolling. Because I mean, like <laughs> I mean, at the start of this week, I was super down on the Jets. I was ready to to throw in the towel. But if the team gets going, like I they they can win a playoff series potentially, but they just need to get going. And hopefully the floodgates will open now after that Detroit game. But I mean, you get into the playoffs four games against anyone with Connor Hella or seven games against anyone with Connor Hellebuck and net, you're going to have a shot. You just have to be able to score. Yeah. Well, and again, if the guys find their groove, they, which I hope they do, we'll see tonight. Like I think tonight's <clears> kind of like, the game that decides are they going into the playoffs or not and even if they lose tonight but they play a game where they are you know it's a 3-2 game and they have one or two bad bounces that go against them and otherwise you know a relatively great game i think that's when you can say like this is probably still a playoff team but and i'm i mean the devils are a really good hockey team they are and that's why you know you can truly see who this team is because you know detroit is detroit there's still not anything to go home and brag about yes they're still fighting technically fighting for a playoff spot but yeah they, i mean they traded away like their second best player yeah. so <laughs> yeah well i mean nashville did too and they're still well nashville traded team. away everyone did you see their lineup yesterday was, i'd never heard of half those guys and they I won know. 6-1 ridiculous thank <laughs> uh, i loved it though because uc soros just scored me some extra points i might come away with a win in my fantasy league and going up against the 
Soros. So I'm the opposite right now. Oh, RIP. <laughs> I just care about the Jets and it was bad for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, like this team, it, it's close. It feels like they're so close. And they we've been saying this all year. Like this team has been so close to being over the top, but they just haven't been dominant yet. So I hate the fact that we've had to wait all season long to see who these guys truly are. And I guess tonight we find out. Yeah, I mean, one game is one game. We'll see if they can actually put together. Because this, this is the most important week of Jets hockey we've seen in... Like, I don't know, since the Nashville series in 2018, like it's it's you got to win at least two of the three games this week. And yeah. preferably, I mean, you win all three like that Calgary game. You you've got to win. They're chasing and they play terrible teams. They play like the Ducks, Blackhawks, Jets, Preds and like San Jose down the stretch. They They do not have a strong schedule and the Jets do. So gotta start stringing some wins together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They need to string some. They've needed. They've needed to string wins together since January. So, yeah. <laughs> preaching it to the choir, there, friend. Um, which, like, I, I mean, you just answered that question. Which would be the more important game to win, Calgary or Nashville? But Ray, who do you think yeah. would be the more important win? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say Calgary too, just because I feel like they have a more kind of playoff kind of roster constructed and i feel like it's just important and it's also on the pride night for the jets so i feel like also to kind of bring your best effort for a game that's kind of meant for including everyone and just kind of ha like bringing together a more commutative community in hockey i feel like it's really important to kind of bring your best game against the opponent that you're going up against in such a important type of game for your organization too I also just think, like, just reiterating on the, the it being Calgary. So Nashville plays Dallas, Vegas, Carolina, Winnipeg, Calgary, Minnesota, Colorado. <laughs> so every single, all seven of those teams are currently sitting in playoff spots, whereas Calgary plays Anaheim, Chicago, Vancouver, Nashville, San Jose, and Winnipeg. Winnipeg's the only team in a playoff spot there. So the, more than likely, Calgary's going to win out. You need to beat them to give yourself a chance. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And Man. hopefully Chicago beats up on them Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just got to hope everyone beats up on the Flames for being the Flames. I mean, who wants to go to the Saddle Dome, a place where you got the potential of concrete falling on you? <laughs> <laughs> what a dump. Um, Mark Shifley is a blank next season. Jet. I'm gonna say a pain instead of pain? a specific. A, no, a pain. Like a oh, pain. A pain. <laughs> I'm gonna say that because I don't think it's really gonna be any different. And I feel like there's like there's just kind of like a core disconnect. And I don't think the Jets are really gonna be looking to get rid of someone directly right away. So I feel like it's gonna be mostly the same as this year, and it's just gonna. He's just gonna. It's just like the ultimate bad thing for the Jets, where they could trade him for value, or they could go into kind of like a rebuild or retool. But ultimately, he's probably gonna be on the team, and it's probably gonna be pretty similar to what we've experienced this year. I'll I'll say this. I think he's a Jet at the start of next season, but I think there's a really good chance he's not at the end of it. I don't they think they're trading him in the off season. I think it'll be closer to a deadline deal and. 
I mean, you're going to get a lot of money or a lot of uh, pieces for Shifley if you're trading him to a contender. He's so affordable, we- and he's he's like a he's a top center in the NHL. He so just is. What happens when the Jets are you know they sit on their hands with Pierre Luc Dubois and they sign him for another six point five million dollar one year deal? They we- they're they're not doing that. You know, if he's not signing long term, they're trading him. Without a doubt, before the draft, probably. Do you think that yeah. it, it comes that soon? Like, is that where yeah. everyone's the consensus is at? Like, am I the I, one well, that's I wrong think, here? Again, I like the Jets have said this week, or Drager said this week, the Jets are trying their hardest to sign Pierre-Luc Dubois long-term. They're doing everything they can. If they don't, why? This year's draft is deep. Why would you not? And Montreal has two first-round picks. We're obviously not getting their top one. But I think they also have Carolinas. They have Florida. No, Florida's. Ooh. Florida's. So I think, yeah, I think you could get one of those. Well, the Florida pick and probably another, like a prospect or something, and maybe a player for Dubois. So Josh Anderson, yeah. a first and a prospect. So we could just. Not bro. Josh Anderson. Why is that the person everyone because throws that's out? The, that's the. Who else on the. Like, you're not getting Nick Suzuki. You're not getting Cole yes. Caulfield. I also like. I don't know how Montreal's going to afford him. Like, they, they're going to have to start signing all these guys to long term deals. Yeah, I think that we, if we're trading Dubois at the draft in Montreal, I feel like you're definitely going to have to take some cap back over a period of time. So, like, I feel like it's probably got to either be Hoffman or Devorah coming back because they mo- they both have around like a $4 million cap hit. So I feel like that would have to be part of the the deal where it's like they trade for him, but they also get a benefit of kind of taking cap off their books so they can afford both Caulfield and Dubois. What uh, what about du- or Dubois for a first and Johnny Kovacevic? <laughs> There would be a riot. And I love Kovacevic is having a hell of a season. He is. He is. I'm not trying to just losing him for nothing, though, is so stupid. And then having to give up Dubois for him. To get him back. I know. That's not not actually going to happen. Pandemonium. What if they also took Pionk? That could probably work, too, but. (laughs) <laughs> but but there's not enough talent coming back from Montreal like at all unless you're getting Connor Bedard out of it and that's not going to happen because that's too much value like you're not going to get Cole Caulfield you're not going to get Suzuki you're not going to get uh I know I yeah I I don't know I, what's going to happen I like I also don't think it's a guarantee they trade him to Montreal it might be a long term one year or like a one year rental to a contender somewhere. But I if he doesn't sign long-term in Winnipeg, why would they sign him to a one-year deal and risk losing him for nothing? Oh, yeah, exactly. That would be so stupid. I think the Jets might, like, if they can't sign him long-term, but they also want to avoid the risk of losing him after, like, a year, I feel like they might try to do something where they pay him, like, $9 million for, like, three years or something like that and kind of almost just kind of kick the can down the road. Yeah, and just kind of kick it down and be like, okay, we kind of don't want to deal with this now. We still kind of want to stay competitive and kind of deal with this later. But then you also just kind of like after those three years, then you might just kind of lose him again or have to trade him again. So it's kind of... Like I, I don't know if Dubois game. does that, but 
I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world for the Jets. I think I feel like Dubois would be very open to doing that because with the cap, like it's kind of stagnant kind of right now with it kind of only minimally going up maybe one or two million. But then like say three, four years down the line and he goes to UFA, he could that could be the difference between like like two million now versus that's when you get your big so, ticket. Yeah. So that's when he would sign his like eight, seven year deal for like ten million dollars over with like signing bonuses and trade protections and everything. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want I, I don't million hate that idea either. Point? I feel like the Jets would probably have to kind of pay to ensure that he doesn't take like a one year deal and walk right away. So I feel like he you might just like he might not be a nine million dollar player, but you ultimately kind of have to pay for kind of keeping him here and then also what he like Dubois is still only 24 turning 25 this offseason so I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that he can't like improve upon this season as well too so I feel like you kind of have to pay for him staying and then also pay for kind of what else he can like bring on top of what we've seen yeah. The one thing I will say this year, though, is it's a very weak free agent class. Yeah, I saw like so, the number one. A, so, yeah, a guy like Mark Shifley or Pierre-Luc Dubois might get you a lot this offseason for a team that doesn't really have a chance to get a number one type center, or like one B center uh, in free agency. Yeah, well, but didn't Drager also say that the Jets are going to not re... They, they don't want to do a full rebuild. No, but, like, you kind of... Like, you, your bottom six is totally fine with the Winnipeg Jets. You Sure, one or two pieces need to move out, but, like, your top six kind of needs... I would say, what, at least... I also think it's a usage out. issue with the Jets. That as well. But, yeah. I mean, like, but it's always been a usage issue. I mean, we've talked about Morgan Barron being a usage issue, uh... Cop, same thing. Nikolai Ehlers right now, and it's just like, yeah, you know, two of those guys are guaranteed locks to be in the top six every single night. Everyone else is kind of a crapshoot, and those two guys really at this point don't should not have a guaranteed spot in the top six. That be yeah. Like, well, I think um, I mean, getting Perfetti back, like what. What happens when he's back? Because like this team is just such a logjam. Because it's like you have too many, uh, too many versions of each other. So you're gonna have like Cole Perfetti and and Nemestikov. Like the, you know, are they not essentially the same player? Just one's older than the other. Like obviously, like exactly. But the scoring's been such an issue for the Jets recently that the more top end guys you can get in your lineup, no matter where you're plugging them in, it's a positive. Yeah, and I think I saw that Perfetti might be out, like, kind of extended into the playoffs, too. So I, I think like, at least the first round, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that, like, I feel like that becomes an issue if where Perfetti plays, depending on if we're able to make it out of a round one. So, but ultimately, like, I feel like the Jets kind of want to, like, not rebuild or kind of, like, they want to stay competitive. But I feel like it's not really, there's the choice of the team wanting to rebuild, but I also feel like there's like an option where the team wants to leave. Like you have Hellebuck or someone like that just just wants out and like you don't really have a choice and you're kind of being forced into a rebuild, but just based on the players saying, yeah, I'm not going to re-sign here. So I feel like it's a very kind of difficult balancing act with kind of a team versus the players and 
like the team can want to do one thing, but it's ultimately on the players wanting to do the same and not leave as well. Yeah, I also think there's like an aspect we'll see this summer about which UFAs next year get extensions. Cause like you're not going to want to go into the season with six guys on your roster, seven or whatever the number is that are upcoming UFAs. Yeah. Especially if you're like, unless you go on a run this year and then it's like, well, let's run it back for one more. Like, we don't care about losing these guys, but I don't think that's going to happen. If you're like barely squeaking into the playoffs, losing the first round, are you going to go into next season with six, UF, six, seven UFAs? Or are you going to try and get some extensions done this year, move some guys out for again, like one year rental type things? Yeah, and like the Dillons are going to be fetching you a pretty sweet price. I don't know who's listening to this, but re-sign Dylan DeMello for the love of God. Le- yeah, Make him a jet. Dylan DeMello, yeah. Oh, man, if you could sign both Dillons, I would be over the moon. But you would have to move out Schmidt or Pionk. Oh, no. Or both. no. Because there needs to be room yeah, for younger guys to come in. No, absolutely. I mean, our, just, I, I our D can't look the exact same. Like, I'd rather it be Pionk, but you're probably more likely to move shit at this point. Yeah, and, like, really, out of those guys, like, I was being a little sarcastic. It's, uh, I, I could lose both of those guys. I'd have no problem with Logan Stanley and, no, and I, 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 Billy. Or Billy, yeah. Like, have those Billy guys. Billy time. It's, yeah, well, we should have been seeing that guy this season to yeah. begin with, but whatever. Um, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I think with all the left hand D's, I think it's really hard to kind of explain keeping Brendan Dillon here with kind of Sandberg in the works and with Heinole and Chisholm down in with the Moose. I think it's really hard to say like Dillon is like, even though he's like a pivotal part of the defense currently, I think it's just like one of those situations where you want to keep the guy, but then ultimately is it kind of blocking other people from getting minutes that they also deserve so I feel like it's really pivotal where I feel like Sandberg is really going to take a step and kind of take over that role that Dylan plays and then have someone else in the bottom six yeah I I I like I like the thought there that Sandberg is going to step into that role and take that opportunity because I think he is easily top 4d on our team right now might even be top three like he's been just fantastic he's plugged into the lineup where he's been needed like Morrissey gets hurt last game he plays with DeMello like I think I'm really excited about Dylan Sandberg and I have no issue with Dylan Sandberg like fantastic like I said it on Twitter the other night like I he's going to be an elite defender in this league in like five years time like I'll put my bottom dollar on that one I'll say like two and a half three years I like that even more (laughs) <laughs> but like the guy is fantastic, but the Jets are going to need some sort of, I feel like they need like some sort of 30 year old veteran leadership in the back end a little bit. But and I, I mean, they, they, they still Morrissey have those guys. There. They still have those guys next year. Yeah. The year after that, if they don't move anyone, they're still going to have Pionk and Schmidt. And after that, Morrissey's signed for another decade. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's. I guess yeah, I, I don't think that. the veteran leadership is going to be an issue on the back end anytime soon. And I yeah. mean, by that time, Sandberg's been around for four or five years, or four years by the time those guys are gone. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess yeah. I, I was just thinking like you were talking trade them like this summer to get them going, uh, everyone going. 
I would if, just say- if you can re-sign either Dylan specifically DeMello or both, I think you could get those guys out of the lineup in next year. Schmidt yeah. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I hope it's Demello. Like the more you guys talk about it, yeah. like Brandon Dillon is like I, I just look at him as a great leader on this team, and like I, I like Brandon Dillon. Yeah. I, I really liked when they gave him the A when Morrissey was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think long term Dylan Demello is the better guy there. Yep. I mean, Brandon Dillon plays a hard game, and he's thirty two now. Yeah, thirty one. Played a lot of hockey, and it's a lot of hard hockey. Like he's. I had the most fights on our team this year. He throws around the body. Like I really like his game, but I I think Demello long term is going to be around longer. Yeah, I think it also comes into the fact that like Demello is also right handed, which we don't have a lot of too. So I think yeah. that like like even though you would really ideally want to keep both of them, it's like I feel like you also have to look at kind of like your positional needs. So like with Pionk, like if we're moving Pionk out for a defenseman or whatever we get for him then you only have DeMello as your only right shot D-man in the NHL. So I feel like if you really need to keep one, I think it has to be DeMello. And then I think ultimately you only really get to choose one based on the direction of the team and kind of how you want to kind of bring up the youth throughout the system so that Sandberg and Heinol and other players get a chance to also get time with the NHL. So Tyson Berry for Mark Shifley trade in the summer, get another right shot defenseman here and uh, maybe convince Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, another old <laughs> shitty overpaid defenseman. Listen, this, I'm pulling That's the old Ken Holland here. Oh my God. His stats in the past were phenomenal. It's going to work out for us. There's this... just intangibles you're not seeing. The Jets so does Chevy just hate bro? Sorry, what was that, Ray? The, the Jets just need, like, two Dylan DeMellos. Just, like, identical oh. Dylan DeMellos. Just, like, one, two, and it's, like... One to play... Hello. One Hello. to be the defensive partner... Like, the defensive-minded partner with Morrissey. And then yeah. one to be a little more offensive with uh, Samberg. So we just yeah. need to call up David Thompson, ask him for, like, some sort of, like, cloning device because he's a billionaire. You know something crazy like that exists, so... You know, obviously, we just have to get a second Dylan DeMello, and we'll just give him, like, a phony name. We'll give him, like, De- DeMello Dylan. There we go. I had <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> it's going to happen. We, uh, we don't I, need Connor McDavid. I think you just play DeMello 40 minutes a night. Easy. The Jets are set. and He's going to run out of gas. No. <laughs> He's fine. He's an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> He just needs to take two days off, take a quick Tylenol, and he's good to go again. Ice baths there, friends. Allegedly, they work, according to Joe Rogan. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, The Jets have the chance to play the Wild, the Avs, the Golden Knights, or the Oilers when it comes to the four teams that they could play in the playoffs, if they make it. Which team would stars? Uh, They've kind of fallen a little bit out of they're, in, I think they're third in the central now. Yeah, they're third. Really? So, yeah. Colorado uh, and Minnesota okay, so have been going off. They have 76 points and or uh, 76 I mean, they're still only the- one point behind Minnesota with with the same number of games. Yes. But they have so less I think we can add the stars in there safely. <sighs> they have less regulation wins, so I True. They have less regulation wins than the Jets. Right? Or they have less wins than the Jets. God, I hate the NHL's point system. <laughs> right. Such a nightmare. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have said regulation. I did that once before. 
Yeah, just more <laughs> wins in general. It's dumb. I can't wait till we get the three-point system over. I can't wait till Gary Bettman steps out of his own way and lets other people make good decisions for this league. Although they're getting exactly what they want in a tight playoff race. Like, Winnipeg has seven more wins than Calgary. Seven. But they're only two points up because Calgary has 12 more overtime losses. Yeah, but I mean, like, it all shakes out to be the same. Like, the Jets would be at the top right now, and then, like, you know, Dallas and Calgary be fighting it out for eight spots. So, I, and I also think... Gonna- you know, juggle out to the saves. I don't get it there, Gary. I I also think that, um, like it makes regular season games more more meaningful. Teams aren't just going to be like, okay, we're not going to try at the end because we'll just go to overtime and guarantee we're going to get a point. If teams get three for a win and just two for an overtime win, they're going to be trying a hell of a lot harder to finish out that game in regulation. They should extend three on three to 10 minutes. And if no one wins, no one gets a point. They yeah, each get one. That too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, zero points. No one gets anything. It's like, you know what? You didn't even try hard enough to get a win in 70 minutes. Sucks to be you there, Pally. Or have have uh, five minutes of three on three, then five minutes of two on two. And if nothing's solved, just five minutes of one on one until someone scores. No, it's just like a goalie Connor fight McCabe right at the end. Overpowered. Just there. a goalie fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And it's like XFL style. So they start at the goal lines so, and they hit the horn and they have to like cruise at each other. And the first one who's legitimately knocked out when the reps say no. That's how we decide hockey games from here on out. I hope. I hope St. Louis goes to that every single game. <laughs> yeah, until Jordan Bennington has a brain of mush and we have him. Never mind. We're not going to go with that dark joke. It's already um, pretty smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just going to make a bad wrestling joke and um, it was going to be sad. Um, what happens to this team if the Jets miss the playoffs? Hopefully an of- overhaul. Yeah. Hopefully some go change, but... As we saw last year when we didn't make the playoffs, I think that like with the Jets, they're a really patient team and they're not going to really overextend to kind of overcorrect things. So I feel like if they miss, like sure, they feel like they might want to go for like a rebuild or kind of change something up. But like ultimately, like it might be like kind of similar to what happened last year with lots of fans calling for like some change based on what they saw last year. But then they didn't make change. And then we saw success throughout the beginning of the season. And then it's kind of like a roller coaster of kind of what happens where at the beginning of the season, the Jets are climbing up the roller coaster. And then as soon as like January, February hits, it's going straight down. And then it's just like, you don't really know which direction the roller coaster is going to go next. But like season's ticket holders are getting fed up. We've seen this song yeah, and dance for four years. And I mean, bottom the bottom line is the most important thing to these guys so i also think like i don't fully agree with that i think after one season you can say we still believe in this core Mm -hmm. uh we think this season was an anomaly it happens twice you have to realize okay this core is done and like as much as it's about the bottom dollar as much as it's about like trying to keep bums in seats like Angus said, if you miss the playoffs a few years in a row and you still go back with the same group of guys that play uninspired bullshit hockey, I think season 10. Well, I know like my my dad shares season tickets and right now he's like, I kind of hope they don't miss they don't make playoffs because I'm committed to 
pay for the games and I don't think the Jets give a shit. Like, why would I want to watch them? Why would I want to pay all that money to watch them get destroyed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's like a real difference between kind of like what management probably thinks. Like, I don't, I don't, I want them to kind of make change too, but like just kind of seeing the the patterns that the Jets have made, it's just like, I feel like it's going to be really hard to kind of like kind of have Chevy kind of see a different way of thinking about it. Like, I feel like we really need to find a way to change up the team to find players that like really like grind it out every single game, game by game and kind of put their heart and soul into it. And I feel like it's really hard to find kind of players like that where they also have the combination of skill with that kind of drive to always put their team first. Well, if Mark Shifley is going to use the excuse of this is God's plan, he better be going to a bit more of a secular market because, oh boy, that like, this market is, you know, fairly religious, especially you start going south of the city. It's like these guys know their book. And I just met that bothered me so much. And I think that's that should have been the reason why Mark Shifley was. I'm sorry. I was just that's something I fixated on recently. Uh, which these is- guys know their book is a great line. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I love that. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, I'm a little nervous for Wednesday. Just waiting when Kuzmenko mm. uh, dropped out with the Canucks and just I'm just holding my breath waiting for the worst yeah I mean it's gonna be silly it's gonna be whatever it's gonna be publicity I mean guys but there's also gonna be people who buy the jerseys I mean it's it's all performative it it's he's gonna use the religion and I'm gonna get mad about it I'm gonna call him out blah 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 we've done the song and dance 15 times already every team like you know yeah but but the Jets the Jets haven't had issues with it in the past I mean these guys have worn them in the past and it's gonna be isn't he a Russian though who gives a fuck there's five other russians on vancouver who wore them sam so before in december russia passed a law like that's bullshit i mean since then since then bobrovsky's worn it malkin's worn it half of vancouver's russian they all wore it but i assume those guys have their families here in north america where not necessarily but i mean like there's still that possibility so i mean like you got i think i think that's such a bullshit cop out excuse I don't know. Like, if my family was like had the potential, even if it wasn't guaranteed, I don't of, think like, Russia gives a shit what guys are doing over here. I don't. I think that's. I don't I know, just... man. That's a dictatorship, and things get real squirrely over there. Like, man, I just don't trust that government. And if I was a citizen, yeah, I would be like, you know what? I'm backing out of this because I don't need this crap of potentially a family member getting killed. It doesn't matter that it might not happen. There's always that potential. I just, I, I don't know. I think that's, uh, no, I, I, I think guys are going out of their way to use that as an excuse. I, it's just, I, I think the North Americans are using it as a lame ass excuse. I, the I, Russians, I, I genuinely feel for again, them. there's so many guys who, who wear them every single fucking year. Yeah. And it's, it's not, you're not supporting, you're not outwardly by wearing that jersey, you're not outwardly supporting that community all you're saying is like you're welcome in this game you're not going i like uh what did pk say Didn't he say said that- guys we not like guys shouldn't be asked to be activists you're not being asked to be an activist it's showing a guy who maybe in the closet who's in your locker room 
that you value him as a human being. It's showing the fans that are in that community and are part of that community that they're welcome to be a part of hockey. And by not wearing that jersey, you're essentially saying, fuck you, I don't value you as much as... I just, it's... Yeah, I I don't think there's any rational excuse. And I mean, like, I... I uh, I just I agree with you on so many levels on this. It's just there's certain things where it's like I can give you a legitimate excuse. And I mean, like, it's it's the same thing where it's like Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter organization, where it's like I just don't want to support that organization because some greedy crooks are just stealing and siphoning as much money as they can just so they look good. And they just throw out some public press statements and that no one's lives are really getting better. So. I'm not saying like everyone's like that. And I wish that everyone would support these people in this community because like they are, there are some that are genuinely marginalized and they need help. But, you know, giving my money or getting NHLers to wear a silly Jersey to. But again, that silly Jersey, if that's all, if that's all it is to them is a silly Jersey, then fucking put it on and wear it for half an hour. Because again, you being, being willing to wear that Jersey shows an entire group of human beings that you accept, like, that they're welcome. Yeah. Whether you accept them or not, you're still saying you're welcome here. Yeah, like, what I genuinely wish that these guys who are, you know, like, oh, well, I don't support wearing this jersey and they don't want to do that, then at least give your money to something that's going to help that community or, like, I don't know, just something different needs to happen. Like, we can't just, I don't know. I just like, and, and I mean, you can't force someone to wear a Jersey. They shouldn't be playing in that game. If you're not taking warm up, you can sit out for a game. Totally. You can lose your game check. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I'm on board. Like, yeah, again, you, you can't physically force someone to do it, but supporting them by letting them play in that game. Absolutely not. Yep. Yeah. No. And you, like, if you, if that's your star player, that's your star player. Sorry, dude. Um, Yeah. If he's yeah. if he wants to hurt the team, that's his prerogative. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes it is a sit down and shut up, but it's also I I also commend the guy for you know. We don't even know if Mark Scheifele's even going to back out of this game. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm I think talking he's, he's, about the guys who okay. have done it in the past, I and mean, I'm just saying I'm worried about uh, Scheifele and Nemestikov just because religious and Russian um, are the two that I'm really worried about. Yeah. <laughs> But again, Shifley's worn the jerseys in the past, so I'm I'm sure there won't be any issues. But yeah, and I mean, he's such a he he knows that his paychecks kind of depend on that because he does get some corporate sponsors. So you know, sometimes you do have to throw on a little song and dance for it. So either way, welcome to the politics part of our podcast that happens every week. Now that's pretty much all I've got. Do you guys have anything else more about the Jets? Sorry. I don't think so. All right. Uh, that's yeah. perfectly okay. Hey, man, I enjoy the debates. That's uh, they get- <laughs> No, sorry. I keep getting my sister just called me a couple times. Oh. And she I just kept so. calling and it kept on. Did you guys not hear that? No. no. Oh. <laughs> so I just look like a crazy person. Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Big week this week. It's pretty much the week that decides if the Jets are going to the playoffs or not. Um, so it can either be a great next podcast or we can just really be melancholy for the next couple of weeks. So no, they're they're winning, they're three and oh this week. Three and oh, they're going hot into the they're gonna win out. 
going hot into the playoffs. Are, are we going to see three yeah. shut? Uh, I shouldn't even say that because uh, <laughs> don't 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 even finish that word. You're, you're, no. you're already asking a lot. I am, but like I want three wins. We haven't we haven't had a four game winning streak in so long. It hurts my heart a little bit, or at least it feels like it's been a long time. I'd like uh, just three or four in a row. I guess four, but even three. Just so we get that Calgary game. Yeah. And then, you know, go like, and then it's San Jose, Minnesota, Colorado. Like this is the next two weeks. It's it's a tough stretch to end the season for the Jets. It is. And they're all important. And it's a damn shame they didn't get the win against San Jose. Right. And there's another one. So thanks a lot, James (laughs) and everyone in Morwina, all 32 of you. You got to think James (laughs) is going to start again too. So. Oh, I genuinely hope he starts it. And then it's like a shelling of like five goals in the first period. Just make up for it. And they're all run him out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Just, just for the sake of my mental health, even if the jets drop three, the next three games for my mental health, we have to destroy James Reimer. I can't believe we only have a week and a half of jets hockey left. Well, potentially regular season, at least like three weeks of jets hockey. Let's hope. I, you know what? No, shut your mouth. We're getting hockey until June there, Samuel. Connor Halbuck yep, is yep, going insane. Everyone else is going to start scoring again. Not even worried. We're, we're going streaking. We're going streaking. We'll, we'll see no, you all in Portage of Maine. Game. Buddy, 100%. You're going to see my bare ass on Portage of Maine. Okay. <laughs> you could probably avoid that, but. No, it's, uh, we'll be in celebration party mode at that point. Um, be sure to check out Betway to check out the latest Jets game day odds and bet on the NHL. Ray, where can we find you out in the world? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ray.how or Brad Lambert is him. And yeah, just kind of hoping that there's some more Jets talk after the regular season and hope that that becomes a reality. Absolutely. Sam. I think there will be some Jets talk, but it, it could go in two very <laughs> different directions. Oh, yeah. It's either going to be the best <laughs> summer ever or like a basically repeat of last year we just like start posting podcasts from last year and just hope no one notices yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) sam where can we find you out in the world uh yeah it's s brownell 12 on twitter uh sam brownell radio on instagram and uh 730 ckdm.com I'm Angus Out. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me out at events with uh, 92.1 City and KISS, 102.3 KISS here in Winnipeg. And make sure to check out JetsNation.ca. Check us out on all social medias. Make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. Have a great week, boys. Go Jets, go. Go Jets, go.